What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 111 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, The California Mole Children Beneath the Getty Museum <laughs> episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we are lounging in our elite hemp chairs on the West Coast with Dave Anthony, local man and co-host of the Dollop Podcast. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Uh, sorry, I thought you said mole people. I just want to make sure if you could read rephrase that so it makes sense yeah no 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 we're, we're talking about the mole children the hundred thousand mole children beneath the getty museum Jesus yeah mole children not not people generally specifically the children yeah, children and plural lots yeah. of them we're talking well, about yeah you'll find out later he's kind of using the children as a subterfuge to take down the zionist cabal but uh okay. let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves come on <laughs> we're trying to introduce our guests i'm a big fan of dave and you, you guys are already screwing it up for me so what, what I've prepared for us is a descent into a very specific man's very specific theory about mold children beneath the Getty Museum right here in Los Angeles. We'll be tracking his decade-long struggle against the museum cabal and how it shoehorned conveniently with the QAnon movement. But also, this is going to be a bit of a loose episode where we're going to get to hang out with Dave and kind of chat about some stuff afterwards. And then we'll be treated to a story prepared for us by Jake, which stars Dave and, and he has not read it at all. So this should be fun for him. Um, oh Yeah, no, you, you only commit, like, minor... There's probably not that many crimes in it. <laughs> I try not to get anybody in too much trouble. <laughs> Misdemeanors at best. Uh, but before all that... QAnon News. First up, uh, six Republican-backed state-level candidates in Minnesota endorse QAnon. So we have uh, more news about QAnon creeping into electoral politics. Well, wait, did they all endorse it at once? Oh, no, no. I mean, these are, oh, no, it's just like the, these the are all individual uh, uh, candidates that are both backed by the state GOP party. So these aren't fringe candidates. Okay. Right? And, they, and they're also pro QAnon. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. So the Star Tribune reported that at least half a dozen Minnesota Republicans running for state legislative seats in November are down with QAnon. One QAnon candidate is Julie Dupre, a Republican challenging Minnesota Senator Melissa Franzen, who calls QAnon, quote, a really great information source and <laughs> one of many that I use. Uh, oh, shit. God damn it, man. Just next to the Bible and the dictionary for her. Well, it's just it's just my encyclopedia. That's how I <laughs> this use is it. My term looker upper. <laughs> Let's see, Jews, what, oh, it's just a drawing. (laughs) Another candidate is Melissa Moore, a state delegate for the GOP since 2016, who is running for a House seat that covers the cities of St. Louis Park and Hopkins. She has posted references to The Great Awakening and Where We Go One We Go All on her campaign Facebook page. Oh boy. Oh. She also maintains two Twitter accounts, one of which describes her as a hashtag digital soldier and includes frequent QAnon references. That account has more than 1,000 followers and follows 1,450 other accounts, many of which support QAnon. Haven't you heard we're at war, Travis? The problem of QAnon candidates in that state is so severe that one Republican (laughs) member of the Minnesota House of Representatives, Pat Garofalo, denounced QAnon in a tweet. QAnon is a crackpot conspiracy group that has zero legitimacy. Any candidate for office who supports or advocates QAnon nonsense is unqualified to be an elected official. The Republican Party should rescind the endorsement of any candidate who supports QAnon poison. 
Yeah, like uh, Florida and Arizona are typically like the, the big QAnon hotspots, but Minnesota is really coming up there. Yeah. So this is a strange story reported by The Intercept. QAnon followers are, of course, are accustomed to uh, distributing memes that push their theories and propaganda online. Uh, but it appears that uh, someone took it to the next level by mailing physical printed copies of those memes to homes in a suburb of Minnesota. Dude, and they look like trash. Like someone yeah. took, what is this? They look like photos of 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 a screen that was then what? Like printed it, it fucking. They yeah, like the, printed them at Walgreens. It got it's got yes. fucking glossy <laughs> finishes <work>. on them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're take and these are photos. Look, there's panda eyes here. That's the <laughs> that's a child with literally just two big black eyes. They're just sending this to people. Uh, yeah. I should be fucking. What the fuck is wrong with you? They're making like doomsday Christians look sane. Yeah. According to that report, several addresses received the images, which included printed screenshots of YouTube videos from QAnon promoters like X22 Report and True News. This is a whiteboard. They they wrote on a whiteboard, took a photo of it, printed it, and and started giving it to people. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's a deep baked mean. You got up. Yeah. It's is like this what homeschooling is? Layers. By the way, Travis, you homeschool, right? Is this four what layers. homeschooling no, is? No, not like? my personal experience. You just you pick up whatever's in the mail that morning and you <laughs> just, show it to your kids. <laughs> have you guys never like got up and you start reading the news, your your daily encyclopedia online, and then you pull out your whiteboard and you start jotting all your notes down, oh, and then you finish absolutely. and you like. How do I get this out to people? How can I send this message? And even though you've yeah. just been online, you think, you know what? I, the mail, the U, U, USPS is the way to get this out there. That's so true. Yeah, it's actually kind of better than online in many ways. Yeah, they're like, internet, the thing I love, the thing I've trusted, not as good anymore. Well, the Intercept, the, the Intercept is not going to write an article if you just send memes to somebody online. That's not news. But if you print, if you photograph the screen and print them out and deliver them to your neighborhood... Then maybe the intercept will cover you as a cool person. It's no different than getting uh, a newspaper from from your local <laughs> local city. Right. It's the same thing. It's zero right. Difference. Same kind of source checking and um, yeah. mm -hmm. same quality of print. Mm -hmm. my, my my local paper takes a picture of the paper laying on the table after it's been printed, <laughs> and then and then they, they take the film to fucking write hand. <laughs> Get a couple batches uh, made. Just fuck. Here's a description of those uh, images that were sent from the Intercept report. The sender's style was confounding. Instead of using well-framed screenshots, the person had printed images that looked like they were hastily photographed from a computer screen. In one instance, the screen was shot at an odd angle. In others, the red video progress bar appeared at the bottom of the frame. <laughs> As if the sender had snapped the photos on a phone it's while so, watching like YouTube. Like they don't even pause it. They're just like <laughs> click, 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 just, just going off on and it. And then dashed off to CVS to print them up. Oh. It's because it's That's meth. It's all meth and opium. That's <laughs> yes, what's happening yes. here. It's yeah, all yeah, meth yeah. and opium. Yeah, yeah. That's true, actually. We, we have not looked at the other side, which makes you want to share constantly all right. the time. You want to be suggestive uh, through the opiates, and then you want to be, uh, I Take guess. action. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, mobilized by the right. meth. Oh, you, I'm sure you guys were on uh, doing the podcast when the Arizona stuff happened, when those guys were going down and, and basically, you know, going after homeless camps. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we covered that, that. I watched some of those videos, and that was just pure meth. Those, they were just mm -hmm. all on meth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the best way to be when you're, uh, you know, basically scouring the border for people, you know, it's just to have like a strong <laughs> meth buzz. For my next story, QAnon promoting company sells so-called taser shields used by Memphis police. 
Now, there's a lot to unpack oh, in that headline. Horrifying shit. So, it looks like Christ. an Avengers bullshit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, why doesn't yeah. Netflix just make a show about us being brutalized by the new authoritarian regime? I don't know. To me, it kind of looks like a large uh, cooking lid. <laughs> you know, an, over, <laughs> an oversized lid that they yeah. puts a cool decon, maybe some white out on and paint it strategically. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, mm, yeah. So what happened was that protesters in Memphis, Tennessee, noticed that officers from the Shelby County Sheriff's Office uh, holding round electrified shields. Now, that's uh, already disturbing on its own. But what makes it even more disturbing that the vendor of these shields is a company with the RoboCop ass name Compliant Technologies, LLC. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Somehow it, it gets even worse than that. Twitter user Salute Philippe uh, discovered that Compliant Technologies made a QAnon reference in a February 10th Facebook post, which said this. Just wrapped up a great conference at the NSA Winter Conference with a speech from Attorney General William Barr. Awesome! Where we go, what we go all, USA! Oh, God. And just a picture of this of this mole man, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Barr. Compact mole man. <laughs> he yeah, looks he's like a, shit. a grown-up mole child this who was like, rescued. Just download the official picture. I, I know you're in the crowd, but this is a, a terribly low-quality shot. Just can I just say I think it's it's best case scenario for QAnon to be distributing taser shields <laughs> to their people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's to it's to the it's to the cops so far. But you you know they have you know they have a shitload <laughs> stacked up ready to give out to fucking Mary up in Minnesota who got a meme. That's true. Yeah. So, somebody get to them before the deep state uh, says that they're like an exclusive vendor or whatever. It's like, right now, right now, when you buy a MAGA hat USB key drive, <laughs> we'll also send you a, a shield. Taser shield. <laughs> Later, Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Bonner reportedly called the use of the new non-lethal electric pulse shields called E-shields by the sheriff's office a regrettable mistake. Oh, it appears that what happened was that members of the Shelby County Jail's detention response team were deployed to the streets to assist with security, and they brought those e-shields, which they, which they uh, apparently use, with them. Oh, but, it's okay to use it on prisoners. What yeah, the so, fuck? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you using no, so, on prisoners? No. What the These fuck are is tools used to subdue prisoners <laughs> that is now being used for riot control. I, okay, what? By mistake. By, by mistake. Yeah. By mistake. We didn't mean to show you the secret technology we're using to torture prisoners behind the walls. Hey, look, that that was a mistake. Yeah, we we don't usually bring our our torture equipment outside the prison. I apologize. Uh, we're extremely sorry that some lightsabers were deployed in Portland last night. Those right. are supposed to be uh, very much top you secret technology. Those yet. Those those are coming later. You'll you'll see. You'll see. Hey, Bob. Uh, Bob, I was just in the storeroom and all the the. Devices that makes people's heads explode. <laughs> They're missing. Oh yeah, the QAnon people dropped by. Could have yeah, QAnon people. He said he'd return it immediately. Yeah, he said he was Q. For my last story, woman accused in QAnon kidnapping plot pleads not guilty. Well, there you go. So uh, Cynthia Absog, a Colorado woman accused of plotting with fellow QAnon followers to have her son kidnapped from foster care. She called it the raid. The raid. She called it a raid. Yes. She pleaded not guilty to a conspiracy to commit second degree kidnapping on Friday. Oh, what a good story to set up my segment because it is 
just as uh, out there. You know, I, mean, I, I yes, love it is good. Just pure chaos. I'm uh, looking forward to this because we were kind of uh, denied a QAnon trial in the case of Anthony Camello, the QAnon killer from New York. Right. Because he was apparently deemed not fit to stand trial because he was too far gone. I think it's because he's a man. He used male privilege. Mm, that sounds about right. <laughs> I think it's because right. Travis View told his lawyer that QAnon theory is I, insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Dave, you may not know this, but Travis literally told his lawyer to use his strategy. I did not. I mean, you informed him. I had had one single half-hour conversation with the defense. And what happened after? (laughs) He switched his fucking plea. Dude, a lot can happen in a a lot can happen in a half hour. But look, I mean, Travis, all you did was tell the truth. This, Uh, yeah, Uh ladies and gentlemen, and and non-binary folk, this is a this is a perfect situation of when telling the truth does not set you free. In Uh. fact, it is now imprisoned, Travis. With this uh, travesty. Yeah, this. Well, I think they renamed the case the Travis case now and stuff. I mean, I don't know. There's some. I haven't gotten through to that, but let, let's jump right into uh, the next segment. What lies beneath the Getty Museum in Los Angeles? Before we get into this sordid affair that I want to torture Dave with, I'm just going to briefly explain what the Getty Museum or Getty Center is if you're not from around here. It's a, a place, a big kind of campus in Los Angeles, California. It uh, basically contains the Getty Museum and other programs of the Getty Trust. It's like a $1.3 billion center, open to the public in December of 97, and it's well known for like its architecture and gardens and views overlooking Los Angeles. It looks like a very fancy, lovely compound. It looks like um, something out of like the mm-hmm. island with Jude That's right. Law. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a seemingly like a, a beautiful futuristic prison. And it is. It has a cable-pulled hover train that moves people up. It's a three-car system and 1.8 million visitors come a year to check out the pre-20th century European paintings, drawings, illuminated manuscripts, sculpture, all kinds of stuff. Van Gogh uh, has an iris painting there, I believe, and the whole thing was designed by architect Richard Mayer. So let's first just do a good quick hit job on the Gettys, uh, who, who, you know, were not good people. What? Um, Getty specifically, his wealth came from the British petrol industry, a set of aggressive operations in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, two countries that later ended up going to war with each other over this exact issue. Uh, Now, J. Paul Getty was known for being frugal, a reputation he maintained until the end of his life. At 80, three years before his death, he negotiated with kidnappers who had abducted his grandson, achieving a more affordable ransom. We did it. We did a dollop on that. And the story is just fucking mind boggling. So by the end of his career, Getty controlled 200 businesses in the Middle East and was known for coining the phrase, the meek shall inherit the earth, but not its mineral rights. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good, not the great. So in 76, he died with a fortune equal to $6 billion of today's dollars. So that's Getty, basically a bloody-handed Medici who ended up uh, investing tons of his fortune into artwork and a network of foundations. And now we have these, these museums, these wonderful museums we should all respect. So now that we got the boring reality-based uh, cultural stuff out of the way, we can jump straight into the episode's protagonist, Stephen D. Kelly. He's a California resident who looks like he's in his late 50s, but it's kind of difficult to tell because he, he, I think he's a member of the living dead. And uh, he, he literally makes Bolsonaro look very healthy. Uh, and he's a big fan of American football, Reiki, QAnon, astral traveling, lasers, cats, and sports cars. So he's a man of many different... <laughs> he loves a lot of things. Renaissance man, really. But the reason we're covering him here is that Stephen 
became obsessed with a theory about the Getty Center in Los Angeles at some point before 2014, so way before QAnon even existed, and has basically become Sisyphus, stubbornly pushing this boulder up the hill alone, literally trying to get up the hill of the Getty to build an army and, and, and storm the building, basically. June 2014, he releases a book called Cities Under the Plain, in which he makes a series of claims. The full title is Cities Under the Plain, the true story of one man's journey through science, magic, and the CIA to understand the world in the 21st century. And here's the blurb. A normal guy, wife and kids, finds a normal life spiraling into the surreal world of CIA agents, UFOs, and secret underground bunkers. This true story shows the author slowly go from early exposure to CIA, NSA, to aliens and UFOs. From inventing laser weapon systems to becoming an energy healer and Reiki master, Templars and Bilderbergers, to healing the world with human energy, many stunning secrets revealed, guaranteed to wake you up. <laughs> Unfortunately, Stephen's wife and kids are just gone. So it, it seems the book was just like a tidy marker for the beginning of just his full mental breakdown, which sucks, obviously. But And one of the claims that he's been making for a very long time is that he's capable of remote viewing due to his time with the CIA which is the practice of, quote, seeking impressions about a distant or unseen target purportedly using extrasensory perception, or ESP. So basically, yeah, you yeah. travel to a place without being there. Uh, for yeah, those yeah. of us yeah, who don't have a melted brain. But Dave, apparently, yeah, he's, he's down. He knows. Well, have you, guys never done, have you guys never done meth and opium and smoke pot at the same time? <laughs> no. That's the, that's Not personally, no. <laughs> Two, maybe perhaps yeah, two yeah. out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a lot of that stuff. I, I, these guys were around. You guys maybe don't remember before the internet, but in the fucking nineties, a dude would walk up to you on the street and he'd be painted red and he'd hand you a pamphlet and he'd walk yeah. away. Like that's, that's what <laughs> yeah. it was. It's true. And the internet didn't exist and we were all better for it. Yeah. That, including, <laughs> yeah. including that person, that person's I, life was actually probably better. I think maybe this person in Minnesota then is a pioneer going back to the olden days of a uh, hand held memes yeah oh yeah right the person sending all those <laughs> like true. maybe we're like oh, we're like regressing a back we're like we're the guy's like a divinal or whatever yeah it's, it's like, like cool yeah again. man you know i just i, I you print know photos what? of you honestly in this world on the, in this particular timeline yeah they're they're red pill zines right it's the total diy <laughs> crowd it. for yeah QM. yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they were. The fucking church basement, like Xeroxes, were making, well, you know, like satanic panic scenes. Actually, I fucking still remember that episode uh, that you and Gareth did on the dollop about satanic oh, panic yeah. around uh, the Procter and Gamble it's, logo. It's, yeah, it that's that, it, or? and it's all the same shit. This is all the exact same shit, except with nice uh, social media companies. But we're already seeing accelerating it on, it. on the on, on the uh, Twitch stream the other night. We found this like clothing, like uh, this like online merch shop with all of these fucking. And like banger QAnon designs, like really, like really cool yeah, art. There's a lot of artists now involved. It's bizarre. There's, it's getting to be a culture in the full sense, which yeah, is terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, so during Stevens' remote viewing sessions, he visited the Getty Center in Los Angeles, specifically its vast subterranean portions, which he has described as an underground metropolis. Okay, wait, what? How do you, how do you get? Is he saying he went <laughs> into the building and into the basement levels? Because you can do that. Yeah, he's explored all this he's stuff. He basically just went to see the art, so he went into the museum, because the museum is, is... No, 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 no. This is during his remote viewing. Oh! He, he has visited the museum, or actually, it's not clear he's ever visited the museum, <laughs> but he's definitely looked at Google Maps of the museum, and he's visited it during remote viewing okay. through the CIA powers. That okay, he has. yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2017, he spoke to Kimberly McGeorge on a show called The Secret to Everything. It was It's a podcast. So... 
here's the situation he's kind of um, wants to expose us to. I realized that the country and the world, most of the world was being run by a combination of Nazis and Zionists, and they actually worked side by side, which was really hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> but they mostly work out of these bunkers, these underground bunkers. And we hear about continuity of government. We know there's Area 51. We know there's Dulce. We hear about all these different bunkers. But there's there's hundreds of these things scattered Dulce. across the United States. It's Schneider pill. Schneider pill. Half the gross national product for the United States has been going into building these things for the last 50, 60 years. Uh, they have technology down there that's incredible. And they have uh, most of the wealth of the world that's been stolen is down there, too. The idea is that they plan on going down there and basically letting us kill each other off and letting the surface turn into uh, wilderness, and then they'll they'll be the ultimate conservationists living in their little castles underground. And, of course, we all know about Agenda 21 and trying to kill everybody off, but this is all part of it. Well, it turns out that... Uh, and I've been saying this for years and years, is that they, they, don't, they don't clean their own toilets down there. They have slaves, and they're, they're certainly decadent. They have sex slaves, and they don't just have any sex slaves. They have child sex slaves and everything you could imagine, every perversity you could imagine. And he the bottom line jealous. is that these people are all satanic, <laughs> and that there's, there's actually alien activity. There's demonic activity. There's all sorts of... It's not just humans. It's, uh, it's hell on earth, if you can imagine. And, of course, with the Pizzagate and WikiLeaks, we're finding out now that uh, this is real. And, of course, I came out saying this a little over five years ago, and I tried to tell people about it. And thanks to Julian Assange and, and John Podesta and those guys, everybody knows the truth. So, so this is before Q in January of 2017, and he's already talking about stuff that is going to be kind of canon yeah. for Q. He describes the harvesting of children, which is straight up like the adrenochrome theory, basically, uh, but way before. So next clip is called Harvesting Children. And how pissed is this Dave? guy that QAnon <laughs> ripped off all of his shit? What was it called? What was it called again? Oh, Harvesting Kids. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Play Harvesting Kids, not Wave. <laughs> and a lot of these people that they harvest are like young kids who are estranged from their families, who are already socially... Uh, cast out and they want to be special and they want to be loved and they want to be in a group it's kind of like a gang and it's sort of like a, a rave kind of thing if you know what the raves are like it's sort of that's how they yeah. get them yeah yeah it's like an it's an underground party literally okay <laughs> and anyway they get them down there and then they get them on yeah that's how they do it they're they're lost they disappear they go they get them on drugs once they get them on the drugs they're down they're stuck and then out of every so many hundred of them, they'll pick one or two that can resist all that stuff. And then they'll promote them to the next level or the next level below. And, and it's like Harry Potter. It's like Hogwarts. This is how they find people <laughs> that are gifted as they put them through this stuff. And then the ones that fail are basically used as uh, uh, cattle. For loose production. It's, it's very alarming. And he's been publishing books about this stuff. I mean, imagine how easy it is to take this guy to court. It's like, well, my husband quoted the protocols of the elders of Zion in his book. Can I please have the fucking kids? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, fuck. Um, so, yeah. So these beliefs, like I said, that and these experiences that he's supposedly had have profoundly shaped his life projects. Like the last 10 years of his life are just they seem completely dedicated to this uh, to the point that he created and disseminated this meme, which is very much a like, fuck you. Come at me. I'm on the line. I'm 100 percent behind this. So it's just a black. OK, so, Dave, can you describe this meme to us? Uh, 
Well, well, that's the Getty Center, so that's <laughs> that's great. And then around the Getty Center, a uh, hundred thousand child sex slaves in the NSA bunker under the Getty Center in Los Angeles. If it wasn't true, they would sue me for telling you. Yeah, this it this says is Stephen D. Kelly and hashtag Occupy the Getty at the bottom. He signs it with his full <laughs> name. Like I'd never want you to forget this. <laughs> Do not forget that I said this. Uh, just great. Uh, so to give you an idea of just how big 100,000 people or children is, it's more than the entire prison population of California. 99,929 people are currently incarcerated. So imagine every prison in California shoved together and then moved underground under the museum. Obviously the metropolis is real. Stephen D. Kelly has a show on a thing called Revolution Radio. Freedomslips.com. Now, he's switched all his names since then, but this is how he started out. Uh, I want to point out that you were wrong there. It's not Freedom Slips. It's Freedom's Lips. <laughs> <laughs> well, Freedom does give great dome. Uh, just brain to remember. So. But only to Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and in January 31st, 2016, at 10 p.m. EST, Stephen made the most important broadcast of his whole life. Keep in mind, this is about a year and eight months before QAnon, during the last year of the Obama administration. But you can already see, like, the culture of, like, QAnon, like, kind of they're censoring my words, they're censoring me because they don't want to hear this. The video is just called Marching Orders, and we're going to be taking a look at a lot of parts of this video because he basically lays out a, a terrorist conspiracy that he's attempting to, to helm openly. Uh, problem is, of course, is that you, if you've been paying attention, you will also know that Facebook has shut off my account, which is pretty incredible. So that should be a tiny, tiny, tiny indicator to you of just how incredibly important this information is and how, how terrified the powers that be are about this particular mission in this operation that I am launching. And uh, he already knows that you're going to be resistant to his ideas and leadership, so he explains that that's mostly an issue with your ego. One of the most important aspects of having to pull this off is ego. Of course, we're all programmed to think that we got it figured out and that nobody can tell us what to do and everything else. And yeah, yeah, fine, okay, great. You don't need somebody telling you what to do, I get it. If you have a better idea, that's great. But I'm going to tell you this idea. It has to happen because it's destiny. I'm very confident that this is going to happen because I've seen it happening. And before I even saw it happening, I was told that it was going to happen by the people involved. Anyway, Your Honor, I'd like my children back. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Fucking please. So, if I could get my children back, then yeah. I would have them back. And then they would be back and we could all get back. And I could leave the Getty alone. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he explains that as a leader, he may die in the process of taking the Getty. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm ready to die for this. Okay, my head is on the chopping block right now. If you haven't figured that out, uh, it is. Uh, he then explains what exactly is so special about the Getty that should make you want to storm it. The reason why the Getty is a big secret is because this fortress on top of the mountain is a public building. It allows people to walk around to get up there. It's very controlled, of course. They don't, they're trying to control it for obvious reasons. It is a fortress, but it houses the entrance to the secret elevator that goes into the big giant network underground, which is a, essentially a metropolis as well as a, essentially a way station for transports to points beyond. 
And not to mention that it also has a substantial amount of satanic sacrifice and, and horrific, uh, horrible torture being carried out against humans for the benefit of these people who had just happened to worship Satan. Very QAnon. Yeah, extremely. I mean, I've been on the elevator at the Getty Museum, but I don't recall the button that says go to the city of child sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, no. At the very bottom, it's it's GB. It's a goblin button, and it takes oh, you. Oh, gotcha. It takes you down to the whole goblin network. There's orcs, there's goblins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he actually just saw Lord of the Rings, and he's just super fucking confused. Oh, he will reference Lord of the Rings later <laughs> when he's trying to explain. He's trying to explain castles. <laughs> oh, it's bad. I found a we a post on like a weird blog website. It was the same one that we that take care for.eu website. So it's involved in a bunch of QAnon bullshit, but it goes back as well uh, because in it you kind of like you hear a description of his operations. And the title of the article is Hashtag Occupy the Getty, how we can expose the satanic underground. So one of the fascinating things about this is that the first time he tried to really launch an assault, it was around the time of this Bundy Ranch stuff, which I know, Dave, you've covered extensively. Yeah. Uh, but also, like around that time, a guy got shot, this guy, Lavoy Finicum or whatever, and there was like talk of potentially like a breakdown in the federal government engaging in a war with these militias that were going to hold their ground or whatever. Yeah. And around that time... Stephen decided he was going to take these other militia people and redirect all of their energy to the Getty. Uh, and this gets him in trouble. But it, here's how, how the article describes it. While it might have sprung from true patriotic intentions, the standoff in Harney County, Oregon, has descended to needless tragedy and farce. Evidence suggests the last holdouts are in fact paid actors. Lavoie Finicum met a violent end. And for what? Occupying a tiny federal facility in the middle of nowhere achieves nothing. Yes, Americans have firearms, but the common folk will always be outgunned by a government capable of Waco. If we are to turn things around, we need strategies transcending brute force. A man named Stephen D. Kelly has just such an idea. The architects and ultimate inhabitants of these underground facilities are elite international and intergenerational Satanists. Kelly refers to them as cavers and regards the facilities themselves as castles because of their Caligula-like opulence. According to Kelly, the crown jewel of his network lies deep beneath the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. Constructed of thick travertine atop the largest concrete foundation poor in history, the Getty is actually a fortress designed to withstand ballistic assault. It sits atop a hill overlooking L.A. Visitors park at the base of the hill and must take a tram to the main entrance. Inconspicuously located nearby is the smaller entrance to a security corridor. This corridor leads, eventually, to an enormous elevator situated behind nuclear blast-resistant doors. So there is something to what he's saying, but it's because they built it to resist fire. It's in a geographic, topogra topographic area that is supposed to burn every seven years. That's nature has created Los Angeles, supposed to burn every seven years. So they had to build a building if they're going to put all these really expensive pieces of art in it that wouldn't mm -hmm. in any way affect them. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Incorrect. The elevator descends to the castle over a mile <laughs> underground. The top level is a spa facility of Caligula-like decadence. Below the spa are opulent residences. The lowest level is a, is a satanic dungeon where people are tortured and ritually sacrificed. Radiating outward from the residential section are tubes whereby cavers may travel to other underground locations around the planet via the maglev trains. Okay. To be clear, by the way, that, do that door he's telling you to take at the top of the fair 
of the little fucking like lift thing in the Getty. That is just the door to security at the museum. Yeah. He's he's saying do Eddie Murphy. Just fucking walk through yeah. and walk into security. It's all it's also the employee entrance. I mean he's like, there's a separate entrance that nobody <laughs> knows about. Here's Steven making it very clear who he thinks uh, is behind this and um, his sources are very interesting as well. The only thing that will cause them to react is a really large mob of people. Okay. And and this is really important because I talk about this in the protocols. Uh, the Protocols of Learned Elders of Zion, of course, is a controversial book, and if you haven't read it, you're going to have to. But the uh, point is, is in that particular book, they talk about the uh, Metropolitans, and the Metropolitans, of course, are the undergrounds, and of course, I talk about this in the book. But they say that uh, they have no fear of the goyim or the mob rising up against them because their staunchest weapon is none other than the Metropolitans or the Undergrounds. And should such time arise, whereas the uh, mob is rising up against them, they will set off explosives at these locations and they will destroy the capitals of the West, including their treasures and archives. So in this particular situation, treasures and archives would be all the artwork and the Western culture stored at the Getty. And of course, what this means is this means that they have a nuclear bomb stashed there at the Getty, and that uh, if for any reason, say like 10,000 of us were to converge on that place, uh, they would, uh, they have that uh, ability to do that. The Jews will destroy the art with a nuke if you come and try to get into their underground tunnels. Yeah. They're using the art as like hostage, like Western civilization is hostage. I don't... I see. And it comes, it's like, this is Phil Schneider plus the protocols of the others of Zion. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a, a mishmash. So, h- how often are QAnon people just just basing stuff on on the protocols? Usually, QAnon people, they get the protocol stuff like secondhand yeah. to the point mm-hmm. they don't even know the origin of these sorts of themes. This mm-hmm. guy is like going straight to the, the, the source. Jesus. Yeah. The, the cool thing is, is we just need 10,000 people to, uh, <laughs> to deal with this. <laughs> That's all. All he needs is for you to, you know, join his army to p- potentially do this and fight the nuke and potentially the armed guards. But you'll see later he he doesn't want you to bring guns. What I'm in, what I'm envisioning is ten thousand people rushing up the hill to the Getty mm-hmm. Museum, and uh, and you know the the interns or I don't know if they're actually paid uh, employees in their little red jackets coming out, and usually they just say don't touch that painting. But in this case, they're fucking whipping out their AKs and they got grenades and flashbangs <laughs> and they're just mowing down. I mean that's. Yeah, that's what going to take these people out. That's what he thinks is going to happen. He's sending like shock troops, basically. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you're probably going to die. I'll die, too, though. Don't worry. Yeah. Like it's like in Starcraft where you just you you, you just want to <laughs> test the waters a yeah, little bit. Sure. So you send some disposable units, yeah, some dummy troops. That, they're recon, but they don't even know it. Their deaths will be the recon. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So we're going to go back to this article real quick. Slavery never ended, but was reinvented so as not to be recognized as such by the masses. In similar fashion, the architecture of feudalism went underground. 
Kelly went public with his claims about the Getty in 2012. Now he is launching hashtag Occupy the Getty, a call for real-world patriots, unlike the actors in Oregon, to take a stand that is at once peaceful and strategically intelligent. He is calling for an occupation of the museum's main entrance area. Unlike the fractious bitching that the Occupy Wall Street movement descended into, Occupy the Getty activists must stick to one unwavering demand. Free the children. What children? The children held captive under this museum. The goal is to get public attention focused on the Getty, generating pressure on the museum to disprove the claim. This plan might seem like a long shot, but it makes a lot more sense than the armed takeover of a remote wildlife sanctuary. It aims for the eyeball, so to speak. Note, Kelly's show on the Revolution Radio Network was abruptly canceled on Sunday, (laughs) February 7th. The network's owner took offense when Stephen referred to the Oregon ranchers as... Clueless. So, so, <laughs> 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 that's right. the thing. That's what. A, that's what the line. That was the line. The guy's like, "Hey, hold on. They're not clueless." Holy shit! You guys have talked about this, but they always touch upon reality and then go from there. Like slavery was gotten rid of, but then the new slavery is obviously prison. And right. there were tons of actors in the Oregon Occupy movement that took over that wildlife. Over 50% of them at the end of the day were undercover FBI agents. Like it's yeah. all, it all comes from truth, but then it's turned into this fucking madness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, we can't for the life of us understand like what the reason is that the original real version isn't good enough, my guess is because God is somehow not involved. Well, no, but this guy, he's (laughs) going to be the captain of an army, and uh, later you'll find out a messiah. So there's a few different things you need to understand. So he's like franchising. Oh, by the way, this is the (laughs) specific clip that got him in trouble with the Bundy people. Oh, great. I can't sit by and wait for the next Bundy self-appointed whatever to go out there and decide what worthless piece of real estate is going to be the place to make the stand against our the crimes of our government that just happens to be out in the middle of nowhere where they can use these weapons and keep everybody away from it it's uh, kind of stupid from strategic uh, PR everything else anyway I've got a better idea <laughs> that's what this is really all about so he he's like listen you people are fucking morons. He's on a network, by the way, of people like this, like militia people. That's why they canceled this show immediately. He's like, you morons, you're doing the first like standoff in like the you know recent history. I got a better idea. Yeah, he's just offering some constructive criticism to the militia movement, and they just can't even take the slightest little critique. The guy, but the guy's a fucking rancher. He has cows that he loves, probably. Yeah. Like, besides being a monster, why would he want a bunch of shitty art that he thinks fucking sucks anyways? No, one thing has nothing to do with the other. He's literally talking about a decades-old fucking militia movement that sprang out of the sagebrush uh, movement from yeah. the fucking 70s, and they're all about grazing their cows and, and taking control from BLM. And this guy's like, there are babies under the Getty! And it's yeah. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine the, the rest of the people are just, like, turned to him? Like, what? <laughs> Uh, but he does want a, a showdown, though. Like, he wants a full standoff. In fact, the rest of the article uh, was called Battle for the Getty, and in it, he waxes really poetic about the deep meaning of the operation. This is a historic event of galactic size. These entities have been waiting longer than we can understand for this to happen. This is the beginning of the fall of the dark side. Loose production is being halted. Victims are being treated on an astral level, but their physical bodies are still being held captive. 
energetic cleaners are being installed to bring light back to this area and permit our eventual entry. Systems are being installed to permit the release of spiritual energy that has been stored there. Negotiations are in progress with the entity still there. Amnesty and love are the only tools we have and the secret to our winning this battle now. Huge spiritual growth must happen everywhere soon before we can have disclosure and the completion of this mission. So here's how it's going to actually work in Stephen's words. We are occupying the area because we want to see the hundreds of humans, especially the children, released that are being kept for torture and human sacrifice. What are they going to do? They say, what? What children? What are you talking about? How could you say this? That's crazy. Who told you there's children being tortured there? What are you talking about? They have to go down there and they have to show us. They have to open the door. Prove there's no children. Show, open the door. Show us. Show us it's a lie. <clears throat> now, if they, you see, the thing is, is the Gandhi is so afraid of this that they will do anything to keep it quiet. 10,000 people being like, please show me the, the basement Yo, of this building. Yeah, now parade the children before me. I know that you have them here. <laughs> Don't lie to us. He wants to Al Capone vault the Getty with uh, Geraldo Rivera. Oh, he wishes he had an Ocean Eleven. <laughs> Even though Stephen wants a giant mob takeover, he is not adverse to electoralism because beginning in 2017, one of his main activities becomes petitioning the government through their website. So I tracked his many attempts to surface this issue to a national level through whitehouse.gov. The first petition was in December 2017, and it was oh. called or Order Marines to Rescue the Child Sex Slaves Under the Getty Center in L.A. <laughs> the result was 422 people signed of the 100,000 goal. <laughs> but uh, but this, is, uh, this is the description, if you don't mind reading it for us, uh, Dave. Of the million children that go missing in the USA every year, 100,000 are never seen again. We know that these children are being kidnapped held captive, tortured, raped, murdered, and eaten. We know that the... <laughs> That's, uh, okay. <laughs> we know that the... Whitehouse.gov. It's still up, by the way. This is still sitting on the White House website. <laughs> I mean, if they're being eaten, how are you going to prove that they're there? All right. We know that the constant stream of high-profile pedophile arrests are the tip of the iceberg. The main nest of these criminal pedophiles is inside of the bunker below the Getty Museum in Los Angeles, California. We demand that our Marine Corps be called to occupy the Getty, access the elevator to the bunker, and immediately free our children and return them to the surface. Do not allow these monsters to use underground bunkers under the pretense of continuity of government to rape and eat our children in honor of their satanic beliefs. <laughs> Bless those with the courage to sign this. You put up a meme. Ah! Yes, Dave, go ahead. No! <laughs> For Father's Day, please help me celebrate my daddy role by signing my Occupy the Gay <laughs> petition. <laughs> Yeah, wow. so we have two fathers here, right? I mean, what do you guys think? What do you, what do you guys think? That's not the way you phrase it. No, you say, help celebrate me being a dad. So, that's My daddy role. That sounds like I'm participating in something. My daddy role? Yeah, yeah. daddy role is a, could be so many things. Will you help me this Father's Day with my daddy role play activities? <laughs> Petition number two, February 2018. Uh, it's the same name. Order Marines to Rescue the Child Sex Slaves Under the Getty Center in L.A. Number two. 
And uh, that's what oh, he's going to call them. Just that with a number behind <laughs> it. So this time he gets 776. Better than his 400, not quite his 100,000. Petitions three and four are missing, I think, because they got flagged for being repeats or, I don't know, some other reason that he like put in them or something horrifying. Or because they wanted to hide the truth. Uh, after the failure of Petition 6, Stephen created this private Facebook group uh, that I love called Vincent Fusca Conquering Darkness, and that survives to this day. So we cover it a bit in our recent QAnon Facebook groups episode. But Stephen basically had finally found a community with similar beliefs to his that he could maybe harness. <laughs> so he's tried to harness the militia movement. Then he tried to call the Marines through fucking the president. Now he's like, I'm going to get Facebook people to help me call the Marines in by using whitehouse.gov. So his tactics are shifting. Uh, Petition 7 is the most successful yet. It receives 1111 signatures. So, And uh, for the first time, it's signed QAnon. Oh, shit. December, two months later. Same thing, number 8. 844. This time, he starts by writing QAnon, so it didn't work as well at the beginning. Better at the end of the text. And then Petition 9 got the most signatures ever. He didn't reference QAnon in it, and it got 1,348 of the 100,000 signature goal. Just to cut to it, like, I, I would get rid of child select saves, and I would say child eaters. Like, they're, they're it's fucking worse than... They're eating children. Like, isn't that the fucking yeah. top headline? I have a feeling WhiteHouse.gov would flag you if you just said child eaters <laughs> in your... <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Maybe today that's fine. Maybe today it's fine. Yeah. You we know can what? check. WhiteHouse.gov, the webmaster's definitely red-pilled, so. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to look at the uh, physical results of all of these efforts. Well, Stephen actually claims to have had some meetings with the Getty people. Here he is explaining that before quickly shifting into what he really wants to talk about, which is a detailed description of what would happen were he to breach the Getty's perimeter properly. So this is where things get a lot dicier, too. I've had sit-downs with these guys from the Getty, high-ranking people. And they basically expected me to show up there with a, uh, a small army of commandos with uh, armor head to toe. And of course, back in those days, I was selling armored, armored uh, bulletproof raincoats. So they expected that I would probably, they would get assaulted with a bunch of guys with rain, London fogs, bulletproof London fogs. <coughs> and... And naturally, uh, I realized, of course, even if I did have superior firepower, it would allow me to uh, get past the initial defenses all the way into the security zone and uh, down to the elevator, et cetera, et cetera, that the uh, amount of technology and secret weapons that they would throw at me would be mind-boggling. And of course, this is when I came to the conclusion that the only way to really deal with these guys was going to be uh, by the use of psychics. Now, as I've, if you've read my book, you'll know that if you do go down the elevator, there's at least 200 uh, Nazi psychics at one of the first locations you reach. And of course, they're there for the exact purpose I'm talking about right now. But uh, that's one of the only ways that you can penetrate this. Oh. What? Oh, so can you beat the first boss, the 200 Nazi What scientists? the fuck? He, look, <laughs> no, sorry. He, loves star, he loves Starship Troopers, right? He loves the Matrix. I think he likes yes. the Matrix because yeah. of the, the raincoats. Like, he's, oh, my God. This guy is fucking amazing. <laughs> the fact that, yeah. I want a fucking bulletproof raincoat developed by Stephen Who D. Who doesn't? Kelly. It seems like he'd have a better, I don't know. where He doesn't have a website for that kind of 
great uh, invention. I'll bet he's watched all of the kind of like Matrix uh, adjacent movies too, like Thirteenth yeah. Floor and um, you yeah. know Aeon Flux. Oh yeah, we're going deeper <laughs> into the op. So he goes on to describe the building and areas, various ins and outs, like very in, in detail. The the road, like he's giving you the Google map of the whole place basically. But he wants to do what he says is the quote ultimate commando operation. So he tells his followers it's useful to think of it as that. Uh, and very quickly, his plans become confusing and involve the threat of explosives going off. The object here, what we're talking about, is to get a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand people, whatever, a mob of people flooded into this Getty. What I need are people to get involved and have faith and start doing this right away without asking a lot of questions and thinking about what we're trying to do. He actually seems to be planning like a peaceful daytime gathering, but he also explains the dangers and specifics of a nighttime invasion. This is maybe my favorite part of the recording. The perimeter will be defended by CIA personnel. The dogs that they have defending the perimeter that they, of course, keep away during the day, but the ones that are roaming the perimeter at nighttime are trained in Yugoslavia. Okay, so if you would like to be able to uh, control those dogs, you need to understand Yugoslavia and be able to issue commands in Yugoslavia unless they've changed it. I don't think so. That's how you uh, deal with the dogs. To be clear, Yugoslavia has not existed as a country since the 90s. And even then, the languages spoken were Croatian, Serbian, Macedonian, etc. They did not include Yugoslavian because it's not a language. Can I just say something? So, But the dogs speak it. <laughs> Can I just say something, though? I would like to say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yugoslavian night dogs! He speaks Yugoslavian. Oh my god. Now we have the movie, Yugoslavia Night Dogs. It's all fucking happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> Deep under the caverns of a museum. Yeah. Three dogs. Oh, man. Oh. oh so fuck. Things things just get even more extreme from here. And that's the thing is that the burden is on them. The burden is on them to prove that any of this is wrong. And this is just like Occupy where Everybody blew it because everybody's got grievances and they all want to articulate every single one of their little grievances as if all these grievances had to be addressed. But the key here is that we all have motives and we all have agendas, that's fine. But the key here is the objective. And the objective will only be achieved if we have a cohesive, coherent attack. And in this case, of course, our words our sound bites, our passion has to be cohesive. And how you even feel about it is really irrelevant. Because what's important is that the masses will have to respond and the media will have to respond. It's an emotional power button. They would do it. It's using the, their power against them. And if you want to drive a stake through their heart, this is how we do it. So to be clear, he's he's explaining that it's a tactic that talking about the kids is a tactic and the more I listen the more I realized I think he just wants you to go in there and up there and, and kind of die for the cause so that that door gets opened and what it really reveals is the underground network that these Zionists have been building for years I think yeah. he's just focusing on the kids because he thinks it's going to get people up there which means he predicted the Save the Children movement uh, a year and a half before QAnon which is kind of interesting well and also knew that it could be harnessed 
Yes, exactly. Although he's very bad at it because he's very rude to people. Right, right, right. He doesn't have the charisma of, say, a Scotty the Kid. Oh, yeah. Or... He has revoked all posting privileges for normal members of his uh, private group. <laughs> it's only his, like, him and his little team. <laughs> he loves nothing more than to make everybody shut the fuck up. And, like, he clearly actually wants you to devote yourself to him like an army. You know. I want to go in there and just keep suggesting that we make a a strategic uh, merge with the Ents. And <laughs> yes, exactly. And we, we get the to Ents to help us. They're pissed off about the fires. Maybe we can rope them in and like use That's that, right. uh, leverage that with them. He would be like, I can see that you're being facetious, but... <laughs> But don't get it twisted. There are tree people that live just beyond the <laughs> Valley Hill. <laughs> He's like, they're not called Ents, but the Ents were based on it. Tolkien visited California in the early 1400s. Uh -huh. <laughs> so let's hear about, uh, speaking of Tolkien, uh, the gate. But what we want is your body. We want at least one vehicle, possibly two. We'll figure that out. Keeping the gate open long enough that we could get... 10,000, 1,000, whatever people through it without having to cut the gate down. It's a substantial gate, steel gate. We'd rather not have to do that. But like any drawbridge, like any assault on a castle, we know. If anybody's seen Prince of Persia or oh, any of these know. silly castle you know, movies, you'll know that, uh, hell, Lord of the Rings, it's all the same thing. <laughs> you got to get that gate open. <laughs> Well, in this case, the gate is open because they keep it open to let the people into the museum. And all we got to do is keep it open long enough to where we can occupy it. So what I suspect is we're going to need to have teams. So if you're listening right now, this is what you're going to do. You're going to form a team, people that you trust. You're going to have a little team leader. You're going to have a team driver. And you're going to have everyone else in your team, occupiers. Your leader, of course, is going to be the one responsible for instigating the entire thing and for leading everybody up the hill and keeping everybody motivated and for communicating with me, et cetera, et cetera, or whoever else is uh, assuming charge. So he will not <laughs> be going up the hill with you. There's the final word. He'll be on the walkie-talkie, and the team leaders keep everybody excited as they get yeah. mown down up there. Listen, he's just, he has to be the general. <laughs> the Listen, I have seen the Jake Gyllenhaal vehicle based upon the video game Prince of Persia. I know how siege oh. combat works, but so I'm going to stand here and then direct you. It's like Lord of the Rings. Same shit. Everything's the same shit. Amazing that he was referring to the Prince of Persia movie and not the game. I thought there was surely going to be a game. Where, but he's, <laughs> no. he talks about no. Prince of Persia as if it he's only like, exists as the he's base like, chilling all movie. He's like, much like Prince of Persia, I'm going to hang on to the edge of the tram as we go all the way <laughs> up. I've never seen that Jake Gyllenhaal Persia. I maybe if I we, cannot watch the Prince of Persia movie. That is maybe, too, that's a bridge too far. Maybe sir. we could do it for a uh, yeah. maybe we could do it for a movie night. Mm. I can't get past the the gate thing where he so he's he wants 10,000 people to go through a gate that is blocked by a couple yeah. of trucks it's you're talking about like a 3 3 foot across i mean if the trucks there then it's but it it's a good way to attack yeah. i guess just one small hole that they can get shot yeah. while they go through <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's yeah it's going to be very easy to snipe their heads just right off as they exit the the car tunnel or the truck tunnel i mean you could keep them you could keep them out with a bat like it's not that <laughs> fucking hard it's like, it's I just think J. Paul Getty's ghost with a bat just fucking braining people. <laughs> I think he I think he thinks that it's gonna be more like World War Z where, oh, yes, <laughs> where yeah. the followers will like pile on top of each other and yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. Choke out the art, choke out the sun. 
but specifically Dying like for me! specifically the Israel scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so if I were a terrorist planning an assault on the Getty Museum in Los Angeles, which is if I'm listening to this the the, the program that Stephen is running, that's pretty much what what I am. <laughs> uh, one thing I'd worry about is getting caught on camera, and there's a bunch of cameras around there. But our friend Stephen has an amazing plan for this. Some people during the initial movement somewhere along the line or they're going to bring super soaker squirt guns and in those super soaker squirt guns they're going to mix some water soluble paint no and when they walk up that little fire road they're going to squirt the cameras what the fuck is happening and trust me there's a lot of cameras and every camera Dude, has this is our life camera, man so we're going to squirt all those cameras those are just the cameras facing the fire road they don't need to see what we're doing because we're going to be occupying that area of course, once those cameras have been squirted, you can toss the super circles. Just make sure they're bright orange so nobody acts like they're a gun. What? Uh, what? What just happened? This <laughs> fucking... So no one thinks a super soaker is a real gun? No, it's fine if you do that. Go in, squirt the, the cameras. This is like... He must have like was he must have been watching like TNT like real late one night and fucking caught like you know three ninjas kick back or like uh, some some yes. you know like you know like late eighties early nineties like VHS kid action sequel, movie yeah. oh god like a Nickelodeon but thing? like the second or third sequel right. when they're fucking yeah. you know spraying cameras with <laughs> super soakers lost with paint. ideas yeah they no cover ideas. the cameras with gak they won't see us yeah. at all oh so good dude so that's one. I, lo- I love that we're using the the incredible <laughs> the incredible accurate super soaker to take out cameras at this point. Then you should get rid of the gun, though. They're kind of they encumber. They tend to be quite large and gaudy. <laughs> I think he he thinks it is like the the scene in the Matrix where they storm the hotel lobby and once the clip is empty, they kind of like toss it aside. I think oh, in, in he his has mind, actually he thinks oh, yeah. it's like I can't get into this, but he has claimed that that scene in the Matrix where they do the bullet time and they're all in that lobby, that black lobby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has claimed that that lobby is a direct replica of the lobby at the bottom of the tunnel. So sorry, not the oh bottom of the elevator. So he actually thinks that the Matrix scene was made about his uh, his remote viewing by CIA people. Oh man, I wish I, I had known it. that before I wrote the story. <laughs> oh, Sorry, well. man. Oh, too, many, oh, well. too many fucking stories about goddamn Matrix, man. So in the end, Stephen lays out some pretty friendly odds. I want to take some massive cooperation. I want to get a bunch of people to do this. I want people to converge on this location. Again, think of this as a peaceful little sit-in, and that's it. But it's a peaceful little sit-in that could actually change the whole history of the world. Not just fix every problem in the United States, but actually fix the entire world. The worst case scenario is that they let off a nuke and kill us all. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, so so just so I want to put it, I, just so I understand this correctly, it's a it's like a peaceful protest sort of thing. It's what it's going to look like, but worst case scenario is just a, a horrific nuclear explosion. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's the potential for that. I mean, if they set it off to destroy the Western art to protect the Jewish underground realm, I mean, what can we do about it? Wow. Uh, you know, I hear, I'm just going to say it, worth it. Yeah, totally. Oh, no, you will actually hear a man who is saying in advance he will die for this and it's worth it on his show. He has Collins. It's coming up in a tiny little bit. But before that, oh, I want to uh, touch on a video that mentions Save the Children directly. Uh, and that is basically uh, a year before Q, and he was explaining how they're going to harness it to radicalize people until they become militiamen. And if we had just asked Stephen, he would have predicted the next four years of our lives at that point. So from the mouths of babes. We have to appeal 
to the emotions of the people, to the masses, and we have to get them to use their sense of righteousness to essentially do it for the children. They need to do it for the children. How many times do they use that against us? Well, I'm not saying we'll use it against them. But you see, the thing is, it's true. They really do do this. They really do do this. And in Los Angeles, oh my God, the number of people that go missing in Los Angeles, it's ungodly. It really is. So this is very important. Uh, so you can you can tell in that clip how much he actually gives a shit about the children. It's just purely <laughs> tactical for him. 100%. Just, just incredible. He's like, save the children. He's literally making fun of people saying the thing he's going to use to radicalize people. <laughs> Good stuff. He really respects his followers. That's what I like about this guy. Not at all asking you to just become a kamikaze to die for his stupid-ass <laughs> cause. God damn it. So he does all this like extreme stuff and then he shifts to pragmatism and uh, he explains that if the crowd ends up being thinner than expected, they might at the very least pill the museum employees. Like that's the, if, you know, worst case scenario, the museum employees will be, what? There's children beneath us? Like that's the, that's basically what he ex expects. And then he starts accepting calls. So the first caller is a very nice woman who explains that it would make her perceive the museum in a new light to visit it with her, her new knowledge. Uh, the last time she had been there, she explained, was with her family, and they just looked at the art and walked about the gardens. Stephen explains that participants like her should actually be slightly less casual about all of this and organize, quote, cells with designated drivers that would drop people off in waves at the where the highway meets that road. Eventually, Stephen gets annoyed with the woman's parking questions, and she disappears from the show. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> he brings on this guy who clearly loves him called Rodrigo, who's a guy uh, from Australia that is definitely on board. But he just has like a few questions about what, what happens after the fall. Okay, let's say this happens. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I would, I would like when to it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, when it happens. Yeah. Um, what would be, uh, how would new infrastructure be put into place? Because these are knocking out the people that are in control of the whole world. How would um, infrastructure be put in place? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, is there any sort of idea of how well, we would, Rodrigo, uh, get back you on guys, our feet? You guys, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's, it's mm -hmm. going to be just like in the fairy tales. I'm going to go grab the sword and pull it out of the stone with a little crown on, and you guys are going to go, go, ah, ha, ha, ha. Is that answer? I think we'll be able to sort it out. Yeah, we'll be able yeah, to sort it out. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. just straight up saying he's going to be named the sacred king, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll sort it out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was asking more for a government structure, but yeah, no, I'm sure we could. Let's not talk about it too much then. So he wasn't mocking Rodrigo there? No. Uh, he, was... he later goes back and explains that it's going to change people's minds like in a movie. Like it will convert the Getty Museum and change the entire world in that moment. But first. He addresses uh, if you work at the Getty or if you're part of like the criminal Jewish cabal, he doesn't want you to be too worried uh, because he's very diplomatic about what's going to happen to you. Let me just say the good news with respect to all those people. We will not hang you. Comforting. Okay. We're not going to hang you. All you guys with blood, all you dirty guys with blood on your hands for, you know, fleecing the people, you, you know, don't worry. We're not going to hang you. If your name is uh, Rothschild, you're probably not going to do as oh. well as everyone else. <laughs> Yo, so this is just the day of the rope. Yeah. I mean, this is all still sitting on YouTube. It has been for five years. Like, this guy is just... <laughs> <laughs> what? what the fuck? Come on. Come on. Jesus uh. Christ. <laughs> 
Yeah. What? I mean. So eventually, Rodri- Rodrigo. <laughs> eventually, Rodrigo literally accepts death. Yep. So it'll definitely get the attention um, of uh, the media and people around the world through the media. Um, I, I'm just thinking worst case scenario, like you said, uh, a nuke. But then obviously, again, back to the rest of the world knowing. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it seems when, like it's... One way or the other, we've started it. We've started to change. Yeah. Mm, mm. See? Yeah. This, is, this will light the fire. This is lighting the fuse that nobody wants to light. So... Rodrigo just being like, yeah, the nuke right. takes us. It's mm. worth it. Glory. By the way, he's in Australia, which really <laughs> sucks because he can't even get a second person on the ground because this guy's just across the world, just calling it on his Facebook and shit. He loves, absolutely loves Stephen. God damn it. But the Bush era propaganda in this final clip is amazing. He basically thinks they're going to be greeted as liberators if they do the appropriate spiritual work. Even your energy and your 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 uh, intentions and your positive thoughts can do so much, not only just to protect myself and all the other people that get involved in this project, but it can also have a very, very uh, definitive effect on the entities, uh, you know, and the, uh, the bad guys that are actually there at the Getty. Because obviously when we go there, we want to win hearts and minds. We want the people with the guns to lay down their guns. We want the people controlling the doors to open the doors. We want them to realize that we're right and that they want to repent or whatever it is, but they're going to realize that uh, they need to, they're going to choose our side. Does he, does he not know how the Iraq war turned out or? Yeah. Unclear, but he uses the same terminology. Exact same. We're finishing up our little segment on on Stephen, which brings us to the 10th and final petition that Stephen posted on the White House website, which comes from April 2019. So he's been at it four years. Uh, same name as usual. The result was 931 signatures. But this time he addresses the president directly. Dear Mr. Trump, we know that you see every one of these <laughs> petitions. You must be aware of the claim being made. You need to show us that you have a plan to free the slaves, victims of the people that populate the bunker system maintained by your NSA. Ten times this petition has run, and it is now mainstream and in the public eye. The bunker under the Getty Center is one of many, but it has no reason to claim national security. Half the GNP of the USA for the last 50 years has gone into paying for these bunkers. America needs answers now, and the filth needs to be removed ASAP. This is your big task, and the pain needs to be directed in the right direction now. The world is waking up, and the NSA is not going to take credit for it. We are QAnon. We are not a political party. Pay attention. Trump did not pay attention. So as far as I can tell, yeah, no petition, 11, and I don't think Trump has paid attention. He is not answering any of their pleas. So just a lot of failure, but I think this brings me to the question, Dave, would you join Stephen and form a cell or at least be a driver maybe? I I would like to join a cell and uh, or yeah. no, start a cell with my buddies and pretend we are a part of it so we could know when it's happening and then there's a <laughs> gas station across the street or you can just go up on the hill and get some beers and with some binoculars and just hang and fucking that- watch the battle unfold. The Great Battle of Getty. <laughs> I cannot wait myself. Yeah, I'll be with you. 
So uh, what the fuck is wrong with California? There seems to be a lot of <sighs> QAnon promoters now coming out of this uh, state. A lot of people that go into show business are very damaged, and they get out here, and they're you know they're already fucking crazy, and some of them are too crazy for show business, and then they're yeah. still in Los Angeles. And so it's always had this element of, you know, a lot of cults have come from there. Religions have come from there. Uh, it's definitely uh, uh, just sort of a landing ground for lunatics. And so have you seen people around oh. you shifting to QAnon? Because we've, we've noticed our, our some liberal circles also kind of flipping. Yeah, uh, I have a friend that I have to actually have a conversation with because he's... Uh, He's talked about the uh, baby's blood shit. Oh, oh, boy. He's a leftist. Like, he's just a straight-up leftist. And then I have... Yeah, there's a couple of guys. You know, Sam Tripoli uh, is a comedian. He's full key. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. gone. Wow. He's gone. Yeah, and they're they're doing great, by the way. Their yeah, Patreon they're... is doing great. Him oh, and that yeah, other comedian, what's his fucking name? Another completely pilled guy. Oh, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name either. But, I, you know, we watched all that play out because they were on our network, and we had to boot them because we, at some point, I was just getting word of what they were saying. And I was like, guys, this is going to lead to someone getting killed. So we got to fucking get rid of this. Uh, so yeah, he was his, that show was taken off the network because it was just fucking mind boggling what they were coming up with. So I know people, I haven't, you know, up, I live up in the suburbs, so I haven't noticed anybody doing this. That's sort of outside the showbiz, just like regular suburban people. Right. But I'm waiting for that next wave because those people are super fucking vulnerable to conspiracy bullshit. And so you've been actually reading a book about uh, conspiracy theories during the first rise of Nazism. Did you recognize anything in Kelly's rants that matched? Ugh, I mean, it's just straight. It's just straight out of the protocols. Like it's just the same fucking shit all over again. Uh, you know, this also goes back to the Dreyfus files in in France. Like this is all the same stuff. It's all fucking repeating. And people don't, I, I don't know how many, I think some people on the left are definitely putting it together, but QAnon is super fucking dangerous. This is fascism shit because fascism isn't just an authoritarian taking over. It's these weird conspiracy theories. It's shit that doesn't make sense. And it's also laughing at the leaders who are stupid. Like this is all a big fucking soup and, you, and you're, I'm watching it form and I'm like, this has all happened before. And I mean, I want to talk to you a bit about that because you were a comedian and actor, but you weren't like overtly involved in stuff that had to do with history or political uh, content or stuff like that. I mean, was there a point like a turning point where you started to focus on those more? I've always been uh, I've always been into history and I've always been into leftist history. You know, I, I read uh, People's History of the United States when I was 16. That that uh, took me off on another venture. So I've always sort of stayed abreast of things. But when Obama got in, you know, I was really paying attention, obviously, under Bush. But when Obama got in is when I think I started uh, going into the, oh, we're heading into fascism versus socialism uh, sort of mindset. Like, I thought it was pretty rapidly happening. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been surprised at this. I mean, if, you're, if, you're a, if you just read history, I think it turns you into leftist. But also, it makes you very aware of this shit that is now playing out that, that and also Chile, what happened in Chile in the, in um, the early seventies is also very, there's a lot of shit going down now. That's really, really lays the path. Yeah. Argentina as well in the seventies. We've studied it a little bit and uh, it's, it's pretty worrying how many parallels there are, I'd say. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I, I it, it's funny how you, you read history and they don't sort of cover the um, just sort of the average mad, the average madness of everyday life. There are some biographies that do, uh, but there, it, like no one realizes QAnon is an old anti-Semitic, just straight up, let's kill people sort of thing mm -hmm. that's gathering steam. These people will be very happy 
to massacre human beings. And they have all the tools at hand because guns are so fucking prevalent. Yeah, and they also have a system that's doing it for them. And they can just say, oh, that guy who killed two people is a hero. So they don't have to do it themselves. You just have like a, some 17-year-old like mentally ill kid driven by his mom. He, he ends up shooting a couple people. And then you can just sit at home and cheer. Yeah. I, I always go back to thinking, you know, I was a 2010 or, or, or around then when Twitter popped up and then they, and then the, um, the gang stalking people, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened to them, but it has this similar feel of watching a group come together and sort of a mass psychosis reinforcing each other and, and, you know, doing very dangerous things. I think Coney was also a gang stalking Huge. guy, was yeah. he not? So yeah, I mean, definitely he he yeah when he fell into mental illness and like we've also kind of traced back like the idea that a uh, kind of awareness was going to fix a specific social issue, you know, and so all you had to do was basically get the most viral campaign, which was Coney and his QAnon and is just this kind of new blueprint now uh, with no ideology behind it except for the idea that awareness uh, to a problem. Uh, completely misguided usually is going to actually transform it somehow through magic. Yeah, I think I think the lack of ideology is really problematic. And that's also a Boogaloo uh, Boys thing. And so the two groups that concern me the most right now are QAnon and Boogaloo Boys. And I'm fucking terrified if they actually merge. So you heard it here. If you're going to go watch Dave perform at some point when things reopen, make sure you have both those patches on your jacket when you go to shake. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe look him in the eyes and just do a bit of a check. Move your head forward a bit violently. Make him make him flinch. Uh, uh, you have a, a kid and, and you sometimes tweet about like the public system, you know, educational system here in, in uh, California. Do you think that they are starting to see some of the results of red pilling or are you seeing I mean, I'm sure there's discussion around what, what should happen next for children reopening or not. Are you seeing any red pilling there? No, uh, I, I no, I, I look, I've seen uh, my kid goes to school in the Glendale district and there's um, a massive community that started an anti-mask group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were about 600 at the beginning. I don't know what they've gotten up to, but so I got in it and I just started watching and, and it quickly went from let's uh, let's not wear masks and get our kid to school kids into school to just fucking crazy shit. Now it's look, the Republican party is yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. It is. We are really talking about a QAnon fascist. It, it, it's the Democrats are trying it's the to save thing it. is <laughs> the Democrats. They're, they're trying They're <laughs> the doing Democrats their best will to save be the it. new good Republicans. They're trying their best to save it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They are. They really and, are. and in a weird way, it's, it's like I don't blame on. them. T- things are so fucked. Like, mm-hmm. especially, you know, reading about this shit day in and day out. It's like, yeah. I don't even blame them. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, well, I do to some extent, but. Well, yeah, I get you what know, you're saying. That, that is all the time we have. Everybody should follow Dave on Twitter if you want to get blocked. At uh, Dave Anthony. <laughs> Famously, he will block I love you. It. it should make you feel good. He signs his blocks. I love so. blocking. It's like I do. I love blocking people. It's look. It's a gift. That's that's right. And you could also find his great history podcast, The Dollop, that he does with Gareth Reynolds. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gary Reynolds yeah, through right. the usual distribution channels. Uh, so, would you like to plug anything, Dave? Uh, no, just my podcast. And then I also do a podcast called the West Wing thing in which, uh, Josh, oh, yeah. Josh Olson, and I, Josh was nominated for an Oscar for history of violence. So we, uh, we cover the West Wing beginning with the first episode with the, uh, the, through the lens of how much it affected liberal politics and, you know, how we got Trump. I, it, it, 
a lot of it came from the West Wing mindset, which I think is really important for people to sort of fucking look at. Although, Jesus Christ, now we're just going to have to fight off hordes of crazy anti-Semitic <laughs> lunatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The battle is shifting, and yes. uh, Overton window shifts with it. I would uh, personally just like to say, if you live in the 4th District of Los Angeles, vote for Nithya Raman. That's uh, just a personal opinion of mine. Yeah, it, she's a she's a really, really great candidate. And the city council of Los Angeles is, is controls a shitload of money, m- more money than mm-hmm. most states do. And the uh, government set up in Los Angeles is known as a weak mayoral system. And that's because the, the city council has all the power. And we've just got a bunch of dickhead developers and landlords on there. And they got to fucking go because they're ruining everything. So... Um we're gonna we're gonna do like the outro and stuff. Dave, are you uh you need to go to the bathroom or something? Is oh he's yeah he's leaving. I gotta um there's stuff I gotta I just I gotta go out. Dave Anthony wandered down the crumbling stone steps of the modest Highland Park apartment complex. His head was swimming. As he staggered through the empty suburban streets, his thoughts turned to ancient Mesopotamian art populated by demented looking mole children, their faces melting together, calling out to him. He couldn't shake the thought of their innocent, warped gazes. And was that Stephen Kelly's voice, crying out for help in the distance? He was in a car. He didn't know how he got in it, or how he ended up in the driver's seat. Neither of his hands were on the wheel, but instead, scrolling through endless Twitter threads, Dina, mom of three, had a theory about the mole children being able to see through the tops of their own skulls. Dave pried his eyes away from the screen and glanced out the front windshield. An electric car and a handful of motorcycles were crinkling and popping beneath his front bumper, their riders angrily banging on the front of his hood. Dave blinked and raised his eyebrows, mildly amused by the chaos. When his vision focused again, he was home, staring at a YouTube playlist. Phil Schneider, Project Montauk, all the hits. He watched helplessly as he calmly explained to his family that they had to pack their things and that they'd be staying at their in-laws for the indefinite future. The grainy YouTube footage began to twist and coil its way around Dave's synapses. How had he been so blind all this time when the answers were available on YouTube all along? For a fleeting moment, he thought back to the podcast recording with the QAnon Anonymous boys earlier that afternoon. It seemed like a lifetime ago. He hated them now. CIA shills propped up by the Soros and Netflix-funded Deep State. He charted maps of Admiral Byrd's infamous flight into the South Pole. He absorbed a pirated PDF of Giacomo Casanova's Eco Samaron. The blue light from his phone slowly but surely making him blind. He watched in horror as he emailed family and friends, disinviting them to future family events and uninviting himself from ones already planned. But his mind was expanding, and so was his arsenal. Before he could even open a fresh browser, he was clicking checkout with over $17,000 worth of weapons and gear from Amazon.com. Motion trackers and heat cameras, Kevlar vests, helmets, stickers. If it looked tactical and you could buy it with Prime now and have it delivered in a matter of hours, it was in Dave's cart. There was only a single thought running through his mind. He had to save the children. Not his own children, or a niece or a nephew, no. They were already lost to him. No, it was the (laughs) mole child in his mind that was in the most danger now. Dave was never one to sit on the sidelines, armed to the teeth and pilled to the gills. He set off on his expedition into the dark soul of the world-renowned art museum. Dave strapped himself into one of the seats on the Getty tram, his spine perfectly aligned with the wall. One express elevator to hell, going down. The tram lurched forward at a whopping 5G, sending Dave into a near blackout. When it came to a screeching halt at the base of the museum steps, something was off. 
The pristine white molding and stunning fountains had become overgrown with some sort of bio-industrial fungus. In the dark shadows of the looming complex, Dave saw what looked like tiny fireflies appear in a loose row. They seemed to be dancing in rhythm. As the lights approached, they emerged from the darkness. Dogs. The light of the moon was gleaming off their wet, snapping muzzles. Dave's eyes narrowed with a cool concentration. He whispered under his breath, summoning his language skills. I am Yugoslavian. You are also Yugoslavian. You and me, dog, we are friends. The dogs were closing in. Dave kneeled and locked eyes with the pack, speaking in a friendly, warm tone. As the first words in Croatian left his lips, the dogs stopped in their tracks. Their ears perked. Ja sam Yugoslavin. Visti i Yugoslavin. Ti a ja seto prajiti. No. Prijateci smo. The dogs all sprang forward and lunged at his neck. Dave's eyes coolly locked on the target. A single spray of Uzi fire sent the canines flying off into the bushes. Blood spattering everywhere, including on Dave's face. He licked his upper lip, tasting the coppery syrup. Synthetic American dogs, non-union. Looks like the cabal's money is drying up. Dave slipped through an inconspicuous door just off to the side of the main entrance and found himself in a heavy-duty, nuclear-resistant service elevator. He regretted using his prepared elevator movie line too early. The lift shot downward deeper and deeper into the blackness, leaving the rolling valley hills further and further behind. When the door opened, Dave found himself peering through a thick, wet haze that hung in the air. He marveled at the intricate nest of slimy webbing covering the hallways of the underground facility. I'll be damned. Cameron had it right all along. Dave stepped out into the soft, mushy floor, a makeshift flamethrower in his hands. Taped to the flamethrower were dozens of attachments. Flashlight, laser sight, even a sleek-looking Garmin GPS was mounted on the side. It began to beep. An oily, hunched creature skittered past in the darkness. Dave treaded carefully, the pilot light from the end of his flamethrower flickering off his face. Pure adrenaline. You don't have to run. I'm here to save you. My name is Dave. You don't know me, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about you on the internet. With a wretched squeal, a creature launched itself out of a floor vent. Instinctively, Dave pulled the trigger hard, spewing a wall of liquid flame at the xenomorph. It hissed and staggered back. And then, it began to speak. Please. Please. No more. Dave looked confused. The voice sounded human. There was a sadness to it. Dave lowered his weapon and approached the figure, who was now slumped against a wall. Why? It wasn't a mole child at all, but rather a middle-aged man with a goatee and his hair slicked back into a ponytail. Stephen D. Kelly? Stephen sighed. His body was terribly burned, but he barely seemed to notice. Yes, my friend. It is me. Dave's shock turned to joy. Well, shit, man. I'm fucking here. Let's go. Where are the kids? Stephen looked embarrassed. He glanced down at the ground, avoiding Dave's glare. Uh, I regret to inform you. There, there are no mole children here. Dave looked more than a little pissed off. Brother, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I sacrificed my family for this! <laughs> Stephen Kelly shook his head. I, I came down looking for the children years ago, but alas, all that was buried in these secret tunnels was untold Jewish treasures stashed underground for centuries. I was presented with a predicament. Attempt to leave with the treasures and risk being caught, or live underground, and throw large treasure raves. I've been using the free guest Wi-Fi for years, posting YouTube videos, trying to get people to come party down here with me. You're the first person who came. He let his head drop and let out a couple of rattling coughs. <coughs> An ancient, half-dissolved pill of ecstasy tumbled down his ragged beard. 
Dave could see the strength leaving his body. Please, Dave, it has been so long since I have seen the world outside. Please, take me to the surface so that I may see the rolling hills, the blue sky. One last time, Dave obliged. He helped Dr. Kelly onto his feet, throwing one of his arms over his shoulder. The pair made their way back to the elevator. Dave glanced at the goop draped all over the walls. Hey man, if there weren't any mole children or aliens or anything, what's all this goo? Dr. Stephen Kelly looked confused. What? What goo? <laughs> Both of the men remained quiet as the elevator lurched upwards, <laughs> launched out of the darkness and into the light. The door slowly opened. Dave shielded his eyes. Dr. Kelly cried out in agony, his pupils dilating into pinpricks. The once green hills in front of them were now engulfed in flames. The sky was a thick blood red, almost completely blocking out the sun. Dr. Kelly collapsed to the ground, fear and despair seizing his body as he passed from this life to the next. <laughs> Dave looked out over the wasted landscape. His eyes welled up with tears and he dropped to his knees, crying out to the heavens with his fists clenched. You stupid motherfuckers! You blew it up! You blew it all up! And Dave was right. The stupid motherfuckers really had blown it up. The fires enveloped California, and soon, the world. As the light faded, Dave wondered how his life might have turned out if he hadn't gone on QAnon Anonymous earlier that day. Oh, fuck those guys. They should be ashamed of themselves. And those were the last words uttered by a human on Earth. The end. Well, I guess Dave only killed a few dogs. Seems like you, you got off pretty light. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. Thanks, oh, Thanks Dave. So great. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnonAnonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode each week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising-free and editorially independent. Uh, we usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash QAnonAnonymous. For everything else, we have QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find merch, uh, a link to our Discord, access to our Lost episodes, and lots of other cool stuff. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto-cue. I swear, it feels like I got... I need a studio so bad. It feels like I got people washing, doing laundry and stuff behind me. I can't, my brain's going crazy. All right. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. This is the Stephen D. Kelly Show. My name is Stephen D. Kelly. This is TruthCat Radio, www.truthcatradio.com. It's another Thursday night. It is, what is it? Let's see, August, September. Yeah, September 2020. I, I ignored when they were teaching people the months in school. What is this? I got an incoming call already. Can I connect? Jeez. Jeez. Seven, seven. Oh, I don't hear any. Diana, you're having issues? Okay. Uh, everybody's got a the real, real player is not working. You have to use media player. Okay. You'll notice on the on the page where you turn on the play button, uh, there's four little symbols up there. You want to use the one that looks like the little window symbol that's got the red, blue, yellow, and whatever that's got a little arrow on it. Click on that one. Second from the left, that'll play. Okay, that's Windows Media Player. The real player doesn't seem to be working on it. That's part of what we're talking about tonight. Obviously, we're under attack. Obviously, we're under attack, people. That's the gist of what we're going to be talking about. <clears throat> so, you figured that out. And uh, 
obviously oh, well, have... can I just stay on the phone? I can't. Yes, you can. Me. Just go ahead and mute yourself, and I'll be just fine. I'll mute you. That's fine. You just stay right there, and I will just mute you. So we're fine, all right. <sighs> Look at that. We got Diane. Okay, Diane is. Oh, why was it want me? Okay, well she could mute herself then. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously we're, under, we're attack. under attack. 